Welcome to Powerful, the podcast. Powerful, optimistic women evolving relentlessly for uplifting lives. This podcast will discuss powerful topics regarding unspoken conversations that we usually shy away from on public platforms. Hello and welcome to Powerful, the podcast. This episode, we will discuss who do we run to? How do you help the strong friend? So me and some of my friend girls, we were talking about what is the definition of a strong friend? Because I think sometimes we look at it as they're reliable, they're dependable, um, they're going to always be there. Those are some traits, but we really need to say what actually is a strong friend? A lot of times we think the strong friend is the person that has everything. They are the person that everyone runs to, but guess what? They don't have anyone to run to. Um, They're always reliable. They want to be the fixer in the situation. So guess what? People run to them. So who are they running to? Um, Some people say strong friends are the person that gives the best advice. They're always cheerful. They're always happy. Um, But... In reality, most strong friends are the per- are the people that need people the most. Uh, what are you all thoughts? You made a great point. Um, we were talking the other day, and you talked about how when somebody passes away or they commit suicide, the first thing that person says is, they were always happy. I didn't know that was going on with them. Typically, those people are strong people. They don't let anybody in because they are the fixer. And with me, I'm a strong friend, but I noticed that I hang around a lot of strong friends. So when somebody tries to help me, I'm not very receptive to letting them in because I feel like I'm bothering them or I'm upsetting them. But that is something that I'm continuing to work on. But I know it's hard for somebody who has been identified as a strong friend. Because she is my Olivia Pope. <laughs> yes. She's the, she, I can call and she's going to, okay, let's do, 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 let's figure it out. Let's see what's X, Y, Z. So how do you help the strong friend to open up? First, we need to figure out where that comes from. With me, I was the only child for 11 to 12 years, so I had to pretty much problem solve and help raise myself. So I've always had to do things. I've never had any assistance. So when I got older and I've met great friends that are able to help me in endeavors, it's just hard for me to let them in. I would say, Shalonda, we've had this conversation before and it doesn't just start when you get older. Her, herself and myself, um, growing up, your parents typically end up putting you in a role mm-hmm. and you you don't know that you're being groomed for that role. Mm-hmm. The parents may not know they're putting you in a role. It's as simple as a mom saying, watch your sister, watch your brother. And you're like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to do what mama say. But then eventually you, do, you, you, you watch your sister, brother, cousin, or cooking and cleaning and, and mom or dad is going to do this. For Shalonda, me and her have spoken about how she had to take on the role of being mom to her sister. She kind of basically 
help raise her while mom worked, mm. while dad did what he did during that time. We discussed that. So you were groomed for that role. As I was with my brother, with my brothers, um, my oldest brother went to the federal pen at age 21. I had to navigate that system with him. My twin brother, while he was doing what he did, I had to, okay, my mama said, well, what we going to do? What you going to do? Well, what you mean? What, we, what I'm going to do? What you going to do? What your... What's your, what's your ex-husband going to do? Mm-hmm. So I was end up being groomed for that role. Something happened. I made it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, he was um, doing this. Um, what, 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 what's going on? You make a couple of phone calls. You find yourself being in that role. Mm-hmm. One time he was in Houston. He needed to be extradited back to Jackson. I didn't know a thing about the process, but I learned very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I was on the phone with judges and lawyers, and he got home. Mm-hmm. You groom for that role. You don't know it. But then, after a while, you become the person that's handling everything, that's doing everything. And because you seem to be proficient and navigate that role well, people say, oh, let me just call Shalom. Mm-hmm. Kita. She knows she gets she can network this. She she knows right. she gonna pull me in the right. She gonna take say, care of yeah, everything. Let yes. me call Candace. Right. And it, it's not a coincidence that you ladies are in social work. That's your path, mm-hmm. and that was your calling. Mm-hmm. And you groom for it. That's just what it yeah, is. Certainly. So it starts when we're younger. Because mm-hmm. I would always and, just growing over her. Her mom would always say, "I don't have to worry about Shalonda. Shalonda already, you know, she knows it's because the thing is with her mom, even though she worked." Her worth ethic was impeccable. Yeah, she the things like the things that we learned like just growing up. Mm-hmm. She was groomed, like and, you said, groomed. Uh-huh. She was, and when Shalonda Mama used to come over to my house, she told me, "I don't have to worry about that one. Mm-hmm. I got to worry about this one." Yes. Just conversations we had, you know, she, you know, it, it was just between me and her. Mm-hmm. But so she don't have to worry about what I call Shalonda Shay. She don't have to worry about Shay, right? She had to worry about that other one. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do. Well, you gonna do what you keep doing. Well, Shalanda gonna have her. Yeah. She said anything happen to her. She so knows she's gonna be gonna okay. Have. Right. Always. Exactly. So we groom for that as a child. Mm-hmm. And we don't know it, but we don't. And but sometimes it's not even that we're grown for it through childhood. We're grown through it as we become into adulthood. Exactly. Because um a lot of us may not be the oldest. We may right. be the middle or the baby child. Uh-huh. So when we come to adulthood, it's like, I got family, mm-hmm. but I got to learn how to depend on myself mm-hmm. and do things. So guess what? I'm not asking for help because guess what? I got to be strong for me because mm-hmm. if I don't have me, who else going to have That's me? Right. Mm-hmm. And so how do we support each other in that? How do we break those barriers down? It's hard. Well, when, when Shay... Um, goes into her cocoon, I already know she's not going to answer the phone. Right. So I text. And then I tell her, I said, either answer the phone or I'm coming over. And she don't really like people in her space Mm-mm. when she's in that area. No. So she will eventually call me and she said, okay. And I said, do you need something? Can I bring you something? Do, are you ready to talk? And she said, when I'm ready, I'll call you. Mm-hmm. I, and I said, okay. I said, because I'm not ready to call People to come over. I said, are they? I said, do that. Do do they need to still come? Are we good? <laughs> and she said, I'm fine. Tell tell aunt that I'm da 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 da. Tell such such da da da. I said, okay. I said, but I don't have a call back. 
Yeah, somebody showing up. I should up. tell you in a minute. I don't, I don't feel like and that. And I, right. I didn't tell them, hey, what you doing over here? <laughs> Come to shit. So, give, so giving them space is very important. Yeah. Yes. I, I allow her to give me space, but you can't, you can't, we not going to walk, how they say, wade in the water. We ain't going to walk. Not too much space. Because then they drift off. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that cliff. Right. Mm-hmm. Another way is just to show up. I mean, mm-hmm. do things that to show them that they that you care, that you're mm-hmm. present. Even though I'm allowing you space, guess what? I'm still mm-hmm. right here. Present. Even Very if present. you don't say a word, we are here. We have to give people flowers while they are here yes. to smell yes. them. Yes. So even if it's a motivational text or just calling to actually just check on them without anything additional that you're asking through that conversation is very important. Just being present in that friendship and just letting them letting that individual know, hey, you are valuable to me. I love you. And if you need anything, let me know. Have a great week. And that's Keto, day one, me meeting her. She didn't know me from anybody. Just come through and, you know, like, hey, you need me to do anything you need this day? I mean, it's just a, it's just a, what I'm trying to say, it was just a spirit. And I kind of deal with people. Don't get me wrong, I love people, but I'm going to love you from a distance until I kind of invite you into my space. Mm-hmm. And then, I- hey, we family after that. Once I realize, hey, you for me and I'm for you. Anything you need from me, I'm there. Why do you think that it's hard for a strong friend to receive help? Yes. We used always, to be in the gift. Mm-hmm. Always giving, giving. And it's hard for you to unpack to those that you feel like most of their issues have been laid upon you. Mm-hmm. It's the vulnerability of letting go of things. Because sure. then you feel... Naked. You don't you feel naked. You don't feel strong. You don't you feel weak. And then I'm just like, you don't want anybody to see you in that weak spot because mm-hmm. you've been strong for so long. And, and not only that, I can I I will share this with you all. One time when me and my husband was going through something, we talked mm-hmm. to the pastor, mm-hmm. and it was an issue around the time his. His mom had, you know, got his mom had got sick. I was getting off work, coming home. I was cooking, cleaning, cleaning her up. Um, nobody else helped, and I remember having to do CPR on her, arranged to get her to the hospital, and then his sister had died. I arranged the funeral, and so then his niece, who stayed in Texas. Um, was graduating high school or whatever. And I was like, I didn't know it was in the middle of the week because initially, you know, I'm like, okay, we going, you know. But then I, it was in the middle of the week. I would have had to take off work. And as, in my role, um, in my role, um, I can't just take off work. Mm-hmm. And then him taking off work would have meant loss of income. So I said, well, we'll just miss it. So that morning he... He was getting up going, and I was like, um, you're not going to work? He said, I'm going to Texas. I said, I thought we agreed that we weren't going to go. He said, you agreed you oh. weren't going. Oh. And I, he had never acted that way, and I'm like, no, but, and so it, it took me aback. So, you know, we talked about it with the pastor, and the pastor was like, 
you know, she she was she was crying and she was talking to you. He said, "Is it when she cries, you think she's joking or pulling one over on you?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "So you feel like your wife is so strong that when she is vulnerable, you don't take her serious?" Mm. And he said, "Yeah." He said, "I've never seen her weep." Mm. And he said, "Well." How is how do how do we get to a point where when she shows you she's being vulnerable and she needs you that you believe her? Mm. So uh, sometimes I I gave that long story to tell you. Sometimes we also are not vulnerable because when we're vulnerable, it's not received mm. because so many people have seen us persevere through things that maybe they couldn't get through mm-hmm. that, and we did get through it. That oh, she'll be fine. Mm. She'll be strong. <laughs> She'll be all right. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I ain't all right. And even when I tell you I'm not all right, you don't see me. Right. You don't hear me. So why I'm going to tell you? Why I'm going to tell somebody? Right. Many times, even when I was in school, my brother would pass by, what you crying for? What you upset for? Uh, <laughs> plant people wish to be in your position. <laughs> You'll be all right. So I never gotten I never gotten the sympathy, any mm-hmm. empathy, you know, not from my family, not from my mom, not from the person that's supposed to be my best friend. Mm-hmm. They feel like you 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 good, you, you superwoman, you good, right. you be alright. You you look when I file, you pick me up. And a lot of times, people people don't want to be vulnerable because people don't validate their emotions. Yeah. They don't right. validate mm-hmm. their feelings. So. Instead of me going ahead and opening up to that to people, we just go into our shell, we make it work, we make it happen, and all people do is they see that outer, but they don't know we're breaking on the inside. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. from the outside, they're saying, oh, they always good. Nothing, don't nothing bother them. That's, that's the main thing. They say, oh, girl, that, don't nothing ever bother that person. So we have to learn people, especially being around people. You have to observe them, especially in friendships. You know when a friend uh, goes away and doesn't talk to you for a long time, something's going on. Mm-hmm. They may not allow, allow you to go in and, and figure out what it is that's going on with them, but be present. Just be a support in any way that you can. Well, I'm going to go in and I'm going to cry for 15 minutes and I'm coming back at five minutes. I'm coming back with that straight face because that's just, I mean, that's just what it is. My mama said, look, you got to be able to stand on your own two feet. And Taking on everybody's problem, you can take them on, you can help, you can do X, Y, Z, but at some point, you have to figure out how to help you because you need you at the mm. end of the day, and you can't help anybody else if you don't even have yourself. So it's like, she said, take you 15 minutes and cry about it, and we're done with it. We're not going back to that. So it's like, you kind of adapt to the your upbringing and how you was raised on how to deal with certain things. But our bodies also tells us when it's time to take a break or we need help. I remember when I was planning my mom's funeral and just going through the motions of doing an obituary, actually doing everything. And I remember standing at the podium. I don't remember anything about the actual ceremony, but I remember standing at the podium trying to verbalize this speech that I had written. And all I remember is my legs shaking, just just shaking like it was just from the fall. I knew then that I was in distress, mm-hmm. and 
I was about to break down um, at that particular moment. Now, did I break down? No, but my leg shake that whole time like I was having a seizure so my body your body tells you hey I'm tired I need some rest um I need some self-care I need to feel validated your body tells you that but sometimes we just don't listen and this is why I call her because she don't say hey she she pushes that self-care like you need to do x y z no you just you need to just tell people no So, what are some go-to coping skills when noticing a friend that is in distress? Calling them. Calling them. Sending them flowers. Sending them flowers. Mm -hmm. I love flowers. Or sending them a short text or whatever. You know your friend. You know what makes them happy. Um, I know I was going through something maybe a month ago, and one of my great friends said, look outside of your door, and she had me some flowers at the door, and it just, it, it made me feel so happy, but because she took time out of her day to drop those particular flowers off, that let me know that she was thinking of me, and it's so important for us to feel important. So, so strong friends. How do we help each other? Because a lot of us in this room, we strong for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know when we are when one of us is vulnerable, we know how we can look in each other's face. We can hear the tone of our voices and say, hey, I know something going on with you. You may not tell me, but here's something to do, or this is what I'm going to do, or I'm going to show up for them. We so, need to get together and go eat because yes. it seems like that's our solution for everything. <laughs> <laughs> It is. We need to get together and just see each other, just lay eyes on each other just to know that, hey, whatever it is, we can just kind of, you know, kind of relax that day and kind of just be around each other. Or try to get them out the house and do something mm-hmm. for them, even if it's simple as going to the movies. Right. Get their I'm always instructed. You come in here today. Yes. Because <laughs> she knows I'm at home, and she said, well, B, we doing this today, and so you're coming. And I was like, oh, okay. I just write it <laughs> down and come. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're getting me out the house. And we have to remember, even being a strong friend, that weakness is okay. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times we don't realize it until it's too late and we're somewhere laid up or we're sick or something going on with us. So we have to know that it's important for us to depend on other people and that we can't do it all on our own. Mm -hmm. So... So this concludes our session on strong, being a strong friend and how do we help our strong friends. If you didn't take anything from this particular session, just know that making a strong, feel, strong friend feel validated, loved, is one of the most important gifts that you can give and actually helping them learn to say no. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say no. I want to thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you.